It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Friday edition of Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We got a great show for you guys today. The Rams wrapped up their second day of practices with the Raiders up in Napa, getting ready for their game on Saturday. We'll take a look at some of the stuff that happened at practice, including a fight! Fight broke out, that's right. We've been waiting for it. We talked about it with the crossover with the Chargers. We didn't get to see a fight for LA. I mean, it's practice. It's hot. These boys getting heated down in the trenches. Uh, So a little scuffle broke out. Again, we'll talk to to you guys a little bit later about that. We'll hear from some of the players on that. We'll hear from Sean McVay as well today. Uh, We're going to kind of break down how the camp went. We're going to talk about some NFL news and notes that are going around today as well. We're going to get you ready for that game on Saturday and just overall fun Friday episode. Don't forget you can find the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Himalaya. Hit us up on social media, Lockdown Rams, all accounts, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as LA underscore Rambling Bear. That's my personal account. I believe I still have two spots left for our fantasy football team. I got 10 people in. 10 emails collected. We're going to start to figure out what platform we'll be on, when the draft day. Uh, I've got people from London, from East Coast, West Coast, first timers, multiple timers. Uh, We're getting a little bit of everybody. Uh, And then we're also going to look at doing a survivor pool, which I can get out to all of you guys as well. A little less commitment there, kind of just picking the teams you want to survive in that week. And if you guess right, you move on. Uh, We'll come up with some fun prizes to get you guys involved and at least get something thrown your way if you're the winner. So all that's going to be a bunch of fun, but we'll start with some NFL news. We had heard when we talked to Lockdown Browns talking about Duke Johnson and what the expectation was for him. We heard Baker Mayfield call him out, running back for the Cleveland Browns, kind of saying, hey, if you're not ready, don't show up. Uh, He had been requesting a trade. They had added lots of running backs uh, in the time since he's been there. His carries were at a career low last year. He was ready to move on. And the Browns basically said, we weren't doing it. We're not trading you. You are here. You're on the roster. We're going to find a way to use you. And you're going to be a big part of the offense. This was just Freddie Kitchens a couple weeks ago saying a big part of the offense. Well, that is coming gone. He has been traded to the Texans uh, for a 2020 pick. I think it's a fourth rounder. Uh, now Johnson goes out to the Texans, who they just released their backup running back as well. So he's going to partner up with LeVar Miller out in Houston, uh, hopefully get some more reps that he was looking for. But the Browns finally caved and said, you know what? See you, buddy. You don't want to be here. Uh, let's move you on. Speaking of moving on, we'll move on to a former Ram, Robert Quinn, down in Dallas. He's been suspended for the first two games of the season for violating NFL performance enhancing drug policy. Uh, It's interesting because it's not your typical uh, suspension here in a sense that his agent came out and went to his defense and wrote this long paragraph story, four paragraph story, talking about how 
Uh, if you don't know Quinn, some of the background, he's dealt with some seizures in his past, so he takes medication to prevent those. The substance that came up in his uh, drug sample is actually a chemical that is used to mask steroids, so kind of to hide the steroids in your system. They did a bunch of research and found that the pills that he was taking for his seizure stuff had been cross-contaminated and that the smallest amount of trace of this was found in his blood sample. They were shocked that he was suspended. They're going to appeal this. But the funny thing about this is he actually broke his hand last week. Uh, so he's going to be missing. Potentially, they said he might be ready for the first game of the season, but he may need to sit out a couple of weeks anyway due to his hand injury. Regardless, he's suspended. Two weeks, Robert Quinn, Dallas Cowboys, take a seat. It's unfortunate. Uh, but he claims to, you know, never have done anything wrong and and they'll likely fight this. But most likely the NFL is going to say, nope, two games, see you week three. And then a couple injuries to report. San Francisco 49ers defense and, and rookie number two overall pick Nick Bosa is now out with a significant ankle sprain. John Lynch, their GM, came out and said basically it's not a full-blown high ankle sprain, something that they would really be worried about. Uh, but it has some components of that, and it is a significant ankle sprain. He will be sitting the rest of the preseason, and we won't expect to see him till week one. For the Niners' sake, hopefully, that is all that this will be, that if he can rest up and get back. He has shown in the nine practices that he's been out there, he's been a really dominant defensive player, uh, something that the San Francisco 49ers really need big time, especially if they're looking to slow down an offense like the Rams this season. So the rookie being shelved until the regular season, we'll see if that's all it ends up being. But interesting news kind of coming out of San Francisco camp. And then out in Napa, Oakland Raiders right guard Gabe Jackson was carted off the practice field late in Thursday's joint practice with an apparent left leg injury. He was later seen on crutches and wearing a brace on his left knee. And it looked like he was rolled up from behind just actually a few minutes after the scuffle between the Rams and the Raiders, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the next segment. John Gruden said he's concerned. Obviously, uh, that is a big part of their offensive line, a third round pick in the 2014 draft. He just signed a five-year $56 million extension in 2017, expected to be a big part of this line that added right tackle Trent Brown, who signed the richest deal in offensive lineman league history, $66 million over six years. We'll have to wait and see how severe this injury is. Obviously, we won't see him on Saturday. Uh, this may be another guy that they hold out of camp, but the Raiders looking to rebuild that offense line, that offense with AB, who is still a no-show out at camp. There were stories about AB that came out that it was a foot injury, right, that he was dealing with. And then another report said that basically he was using cryotherapy, like where you go in those negative 300 degree tubs, basically, or, or standing tubs, however you want to look at it. Uh, but he didn't have the right protection on his feet, and that that is what is causing a lot of the cracking and issues uh, with his feet. So we'll see if that's all true. John Gruden continued to be frustrated and say, you know, we hope to see him back. Uh, we don't know what the deal with it is. He said he couldn't go into details about the story about the frostbitten feet or anything like that. But we'll find out on Hard Knocks. The exciting thing is the Los Angeles Rams will be on Hard Knocks this coming Tuesday. I saw Todd Gurley was mic'd up. He participated in the first practice in pads, but sat out in Thursday's practice. So uh, we'll see what they use from that. Obviously, they teased out McVay and Gruden being so similar at the end of episode one. So we'll see how much uh, the Rams actually get in Hard Knocks. Aaron Donald was actually asked about it today. He said, you know, is it weird seeing these cameras back out again? Did you 
watch it when you guys were on it that season. He said, no, I don't really care about it. You, you kind of get used to the cameras, and he never even went back and watched the show. So uh, don't expect them to care too much about it. They were excited about getting in really good work today and yesterday with the Raiders, and that will be something we'll look forward to as well. What we'll do is we'll step aside, we'll take a break, we'll come back, we'll talk more about training camp on the other side. We'll take a look at who's going to be starting and who's going to be sitting on Saturday. Other things involved in Rams training camp, all that and more. Lockdown Rams, Friday edition right after this. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Second segment, Friday edition Lockdown Rams. Your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. As we mentioned in the first segment, we kind of teased over into the second segment. A fight broke out at camp. I don't know what it is about professional sports fights. Like, baseballs are typically the worst, even though we saw a pretty decent one the other day where a Reds pitcher came flying down and, and punch one of the guys by the dugout. But usually it's a lot of, you know, missed haymakers and flailing arms and kind of a dog pile. Uh, Basketball is always a good one because they got no pads on. Uh, they got the rule that you can't come onto the court or you're going to be suspended. So it's kind of five on five and occasionally you get some good tosses in there and, you know, it gets heated. And, uh, but football is crazy because, you know, these big monsters, they got helmets and pads and they just kind of are are reckless when throwing people around. They also, in training camp, which it seems to happen tons more in training camp, the fans are super close. They're chanting it on. Everyone seems to love it, except for some of the coaches. Uh, here's actually what Marcus Peters had to say about the fight. We'll hear from Aaron Donald and Sean McVay. But we'll start with Marcus Peters, his thoughts on just the overall practice, and then kind of how the scuffle broke out and his thoughts on that. 
uh, we kind of, you know, expected some of those things. You know, we had a good day yesterday, and you know, with, with any uh, team, you know, you expect a, a little bit out of, a little bit more out of a, a group for the next day when you go against them. So those things we kind of expected, but I think we handled it the right way uh, overall, just collectively. We uh, we kind of stay focused with our course, with just us coming in, getting to work, and getting out of here safe, so we can get get on to the uh, preseason game and just move forward. We talked about it last night when we we knew the standards of what we wanted to come out uh, and get to out of today. We wanted to come get some good work against a, a good team. We wanted to come out here and execute and uh, get some good film on tape, go back and look at it, and then we review the overall day, see how we did, and then you know just trying to move on, kind of avoid the, all the, the extra pushing and all those extra things. I mean, we knew it's, it's going to happen. You know, guys get chippy, especially up front. You know, you, nobody wants to get held and those things because we're not tackling. But other than that, I think we did a, a hell of a job of just holding it all, holding it all in, and just handling our business. Course, when, when a scuffle breaks out on the field, mm -hmm. what in this at this time of year? What's your attitude like? Is it like Mine's, you want to run in and, and, and be a part of it, or are you trying to pull guys out? You're or talking about my attitude? Yeah. I mean, if it ain't got nothing to do with me, I'm going to protect my teammates. Uh -huh. me, first and foremost, we're going to protect our teammates. Mm -hmm. But it's like I say, man, our whole thing was just to come out here and be smart, man. You feel me? It's not about me. I mean, it's not about individuals who want to go be doing those things, man. We're trying to get something done collectively as a team so we can get better and move on. I mean, come on. Marcus Peters talking about it's not about me. It's about the collective unit trying to get better. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what can. This is a guy who I think in the national media, a lot of people like to look as a selfish player. You know, some of his antics on the field. Never had a problem off the field. Yes, he's an emotional player. Uh, he cost us a couple flags last year on some, you know, kind of boneheaded mistakes. But overall, man, this guy gets it. Deeper into this system, his full offseason he's gotten this year with McVay, and you can tell that he's bought into what's going on here. He seems to have kind of a, even a little bit more of an open approach with the media. I'm sure there's going to be times where, you know, he gets a little annoyed, and, you know, we see that from Todd Gurley. There's times where Todd Gurley comes up to the mic, and he's having fun, he's cracking jokes, he's laughing, and then, you know, yesterday he's interviewed, and he's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's what we're here for, to practice to get better, you know. He just seems annoyed, uh, and I'm sure we'll see that from Marcus Peters from time to time, but I love seeing him kind of loosen up and start to have this approach in the big picture, you know, giving a lot of guys credit around uh, the team as far as being excited about Weddle and having him in there and being a veteran and, and having him kind of direct everybody. Uh, it's just been awesome to kind of follow Marcus Peters and his progress here in Los Angeles, and I think this is, this is going to be a big year for him, obviously on the contract, so he's looking to go get some money, but coming in with the right mindset, stronger defense from understanding, hearing everything that's going around the Rams. I think this is going to be a really big year for Marcus Peters. But staying on the same note, uh, let's hear from Aaron Donald, and then we'll wrap up and we'll hear from Sean McVay about this fight. It's football. You know, it's just practice. It's, it's just how the motion be some, some days. And, uh, you know, a little bit of pushing and shoving ain't never hurt nobody, you know, so... You know, we just get after. You, you were in the middle of a little, a couple of those things. I mean, was... I'm just protecting my guys. That's all. You know, you know, I just got to do what I got to do to help my guys, and then you know, we show up at practice. Yeah, you know, and and I think you always want to be smart. You want guys to stand up for one another. I'm not exactly sure what happened, how some of those things kind of got started. What I loved, Vinny, was the fact that our guys were able to regather themselves, uh, had our poise and composure about ourselves in, t in terms of being able to finish out the practice. And I thought it's a credit to both teams to be able to do that because you see when things get chippy early on, sometimes you end up having to cancel those practices. We definitely didn't want to lose that practice opportunity. And, and to the players' credit, you know, we didn't. You, you were already 
watching the defense at that point, right? It wasn't like you ran over from the offense. I did run over. Okay. Yeah, no. So, so you, you kind of hear that you got to hear the skirmish, you know, and, and then you kind of come over and it was really already under control by the time I got over there. But, you know, what was pretty cool is when you hear the way that the players amongst themselves were communicating, gathering themselves. And, and we talk about that ownership all the time. And, and I thought, you know, our leaders did a great job of getting everybody under control and, and we'll use that as a learning op. And, and, and I think we did. Well, there you have it. Aaron Donald saying it is what it is. It's football, man. It's going to happen. And then Coach McVay, man, I love it. This guy finds a way to find a good out of it. He said, you know, I love the way that the leadership came together, handled that. He also likes seeing the guys stick up for each other. He's never, you know, one to kind of condone the fighting. But at the same time, it was almost like he was proud the way that they did fight. You know, it was everything that he needed. Okay, get in there, be scrappy, protect your guys, uh, and then clean it up, get out, and move on. And he saw both those things uses it as a learning experience, like he said, and that they will take and, and talk about this to kind of keep cooler heads. But at the same time, uh, he was kind of excited or you know, proud of his guys on the way everything kind of came out. So yes, we created a whole segment about a fight. And yes, it wasn't really a fight, but hey, it's going to be on Hard Knocks. It was talked about on social media. And I'd been asking for this with the, the Chargers. You want to see a little steam release. You want to see these guys stick up for each other and not take that last little push and, and kind of push back. So I'm proud of these guys. I was excited to talk about this fight today, even though it was more of a skirmish, shall you say? I saw a tweet from Paul Gutierrez, who covers the Raiders for ESPN, and he described it as a fight, many haymakers thrown, few, if any, landed. And that's pretty much your typical fight, but I loved it. It was good to see those boys out there, especially with the Raiders. We see a lot of fans out here in LA trying to claim LA as a Raider town, which for a long time it kind of was, but not anymore. The Rams sticking up, especially up in Napa, uh, holding down for Rams Nation. So awesome to see those guys. And uh, like many had said, it's really good. You've heard mixed reviews around the NFL Aaron Rodgers came out and said he hates these mixed practices, that he just wants to practice with his guys and get ready for the regular season. Then you hear guys from our team talking about how much they love going against the other guys. I saw Serena Morales interviewing Michael Brockers and Samson Ibukam, and they said they love this practice, that it's, you know, you're going up against the same guy on your team for three weeks. It kind of gets redundant. So to kind of throw in a different body and a guy that you don't particularly have to like or share meals with, then yeah, you can kind of get after it. So uh, it was a fun two days. We'll talk a little bit more on the other side on some of the things we saw those two days. But first, we're going to step aside, get a quick break, get some word from some of our sponsors. We'll be right back. Lockdown Rams Friday right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Third and final segment, Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Bear Motter, breaking it down. Hit me up, give me a follow, give me a shout, at LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. Also, Lockdown Rams. We're talking the two-day practices out in Napa with the Oakland Raiders as we prepare for Saturday's game. If you guys are listening to this, the game is tomorrow. We will see some action tomorrow. We'll tell you in just a little bit on some of the guys that will be playing and won't be playing. But overall, coming out of this, we again saw multiple reports up from Napa, both on the Raiders side and on the Los Angeles Rams side of the media, talking about Jared Goff having a great couple days of practice. Vinny Bonsignor described it as hitting the final stretch 
And boy, did Jared Goff put on a show. Uh, had multiple touchdown throws to Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett, sliding in the pocket, avoiding contact. Yes, they are protecting QBs in these training camps, uh, but just to kind of see his presence in the pocket, being able to deliver the football. He's got a little extra zip on it this year from people that you've heard. He's put on some extra weight as far as muscle mass, so uh, the flick of the ball is coming out a lot easier and a lot more effortless. Uh, so that is exciting things to hear from our QB1, a.k.a. Mr. System quarterback. Ugh. Give me a break. Uh, but I'm excited for him to come out here and continue to take the next step, especially in this NFC West. If we look at the quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, brand new. We talked with the Locked On Cardinals. If you guys missed that, go back and hear it. It was actually pretty interesting hearing about all the moves that they've made and kind of their expectations of kind of getting up and ready for this NFC West schedule, you know, as well as Jimmy Garoppolo with San Francisco and how he's expected to be back and, and all the talk about him and hype and all the money he's getting paid. And then Russell Wilson in our division. So we've got four incredible quarterbacks that's going to make for some really, really fun football, but I'm excited for Jared Goff to kind of cement himself near the top of that list. Cause right now I think that goes to Russell Wilson. Uh, but Jared Goff threw for 4,600 yards last year. Russell Wilson's never thrown for over 4,300 yards in his career, right? There's a lot of other stats. I get that. But I'm excited to see the progression of Jared Goff, and it sounds like he is taking those next steps in this offseason. Uh, another guy that we continue to hear out at camp is Dante Fowler making plays. Dante Fowler making plays. One reporter said he could have had up to four sacks today if they were in live play and they could actually go attack the quarterback. He is getting back there. Aaron Donald talked about him and what he can bring. Kind of said, yeah, if he's making plays, it makes my life a lot easier. Remember, Aaron Donald had 20 and a half sacks last year. Uh, the rest of the group, eh, not so much, right? Uh, so having a guy like that, adding a Clay Matthews, I'm really excited kind of about Dante Fowler. Another guy on that one-year deal or coming into his last year, we talked about Marcus Peters being that other guy. I expect Dante Fowler to have a huge year. He seems to be playing confident, and I think that is one of the bigger things about this guy. When he was in Jacksonville, kind of felt doubted, uh, didn't have the support of his staff. They were always He was always kind of looking over his shoulder if he was going to start or not. Uh, he is the guy as far as the outside linebacker. He is the go-to man this year, so I think that helps his confidence. And, and his play a lot. We'll see how it kind of, you know, translates into the regular season. But we're expecting big, big, big things from Fowler to really help out Aaron Donald, not only getting to the quarterback, but helping stop that run as well. And then as we look to the game on Saturday, looking at who's going to go, who's not. Obviously, we know Todd Gurley's not going. Most of our O-line is not going Jared Goff, no-go, but that puts Blake Bortles into the starting role. Sean McVay talked about him getting at least a couple series, two, three series, maybe more, maybe a first quarter, something like that. Uh, he wants to see him get in there and kind of control the offense, get the team in and out of the huddle, control that pace of the game, uh, and really help some of these younger guys grow with that. And he said that's one of the great things that he's seen from him. He really challenged him and putting him in some difficult spots in, in this preseason. And he had a couple down days, McVay kind of talked about. But he also said he's bounced back and he's been great with some of these young guys. Let him know where they need to be, helping out in the quarterback room. So he's excited to see him play. And and to be honest, I'm really excited to see Blake Bortles play in this Sean McVay offense. And, you know, a lot of jokes go around about Blake Bortles, but I think he is a, an incredible backup, especially from what we've had in the past couple of years. And then actually we'll throw it over to Sean McVay. He was asked about a couple other players and who's going to start, who's going to sit and how that's going to go. So here's Sean McVay on some of the question marks coming into this Saturday's game as far as the roster goes. Joe Nocum and Brian Allen, are they going to play on Saturday? 
that's something that we've talked about earlier in the week. I'm going to get with Coach Cromer later today. Uh, we're going to assess this tape. We're going to see what kind of work they've gotten in, and um, that's something that we have not decided on. If, if they do, it would just be a couple series. And how about uh, Micah Kaiser and Sebastian Joseph Day? Those guys are going to play they'll right play. now. Yep, they'll play a couple series, and uh, Micah will play a quarter. We'll get Bryce in there as well. So those are the guys that really you kind of just mentioned it, those guys that we're you know, potentially projecting as starters that uh, haven't had the experience that a lot of our other players do have. So uh, those guys are, are going to be conversations. The defensive players you mentioned, we expect those guys to play, and then we're going to talk about uh, Joseph and Brian. All right, all right. So no big-time guys that we talked about as far as the starters go, but potentially we're going to see Noteboom and Allen. Uh, Allen's another guy that's gotten a ton of praise from Sean McVay and other coaches and even Jared Goff about how fast he's really taken in that center role. Again, as the center, you got to sit out here and call pass protections and got to move the guys on the line and understand where everybody is coming from. You kind of are the captain of that line. Whether we look to Whitworth for that role or not, Brian Allen has to be that guy as under center. So uh, really good reports coming out of what he's been able to do so far and really the rapport between him and Jared Goff has continued to grow. So we're excited to really see what he can do under center. This would be with Blake Bortles, obviously, but just getting him out there and kind of seeing him in some live action. And then again, getting him out of the game because the last thing we need is to get him hurt because if we lose Allen in the middle, uh, you're talking about moving over Blythe, shaking up the whole line, moving in another rookie on the line. So it's something that you do want to be cautious with, but as fans and as media out here, we do want to see what he's got because he's never started a game before. So uh, this is going to be an exciting thing for him, just lacing it up, going against the Raiders on Saturday and getting some runs. So uh, excited to see what Brian Allen's going to do and Joe Noteboom on the line. And then he talked on the other side about Michael Kaiser, a guy that we're really excited about. Another guy, very, very, very limited experience. He didn't start a game last year, and now he's projected as a starter on the inside linebacker. A lot to pick up, a lot to learn, a lot of responsibility there. He came to the Rams, highly touted as far as a tackler and a great linebacker, three-time leading tackler of the ACC, one of two people to ever do that. So we're excited to see how that can transition into the NFL. We'll see him get some reps. We'll see Bryce Hager get some reps. We'll see a lot of these young guys at cornerback and safety. Uh, the rookies get in there. Hopefully Daryl Henderson didn't talk about him, but I'm assuming that he's going to get some run as well. Lots to keep an eye on on Saturday. Can't wait to watch this. I've got a crazy day on Saturday with birthdays and family, and I'm going to be the guy pulling up my phone trying to you know find some Reddit stream to live stream the game. And so if you guys got any links, hit them my way. I'm going to be desperately needing those, at least for the first couple quarters. We want to watch some of those guys in there. It's going to be a bunch of fun. We'll be back on Monday to break it all down, tell you what we saw, I hope you guys have a great Friday, a great weekend. We appreciate you listening as always. I've got some awesome things coming up in the next couple weeks. Can't wait to tell you about. But you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.